You know, we got a lot of young Swedes, and uh, it's good to have a guy like Berge here. Uh, you know, Swedish guy who's played in the NHL for a long time. He's got, you know, I don't know 700 or so NHL games. He's been around for a while, so uh, I've been calling him the Godfather. You know, all the Swedes kind of just follow him around. Sabres came clear, now it's banked off the boards and with an empty net, here's Berglund to the blue line, he ices it! Patrick Berglund! Wrist to line and drifts to the corner, now to the side of the net, can't get the shot away. Tries to shrug off a check, they score! How's it going everybody? This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast, Season 3, Episode 18. I'm Joe, and we got Luke also in the studio for this episode once again absolutely and lot lots have happened since i think it's been nine days since we've Mm -hmm. last recorded an episode it's been what five games an indefinite suspension a contract termination we got wings together yes we got wings yes but yeah a lot of stuff uh for the sabers Mm -hmm. has been indeed going on Um, it's hard Uh, i don't know if the biggest news is the recent games or if it is uh, the Patrick Berglund contract termination, spoiler alert, if you did not know. But I believe first on the docket, we do have the games. Mm-hmm. The five games that passed since mm-hmm. the last Also, show. you don't know how hard it was to find those Patrick Berglund highlights that you heard in the open right there. And that second goal was indeed Patrick Berglund. It's yes. Just, they cut off the clip. Because there was a fight right right after. Mm-hmm. He scores and then goes right Right into and a scrum. Larson springs into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first one was an empty net goal against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. It sealed the deal. So yes. those were the, the two only Patrick Berglund highlights from his 34 or so games in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. What a story. But we'll get back to Berglund in a second. We're going to talk about some of these games that, have, uh, that the Sabres have played since the last episode. So the Kings, L.A. Kings, I went to this game. And it wasn't fun. For about 85% of the game, they looked boring, slow. The Kings really had their number for at least a good a good portion of the game. The Sabres came out pretty strong. I'd say they played a pretty decent first period. They gave up first goal. I didn't like Matt Luff. I was like, who is Matt Luff? We laughed. Who at is him. this guy? We laughed yes, at him on last the show. episode. If you remember. I'm like, who is this Matt Luff character? Who is this guy? And then he ends up scoring a goal. And he's like one of their leading goal scorers, too, I want to mm-hmm. say. So good on Matt Luff, undrafted free agent. Also, like Jack Eichel, lived with the Molsons in, uh, in Ontario. Oh, did he? Yes. Hmm. So that was interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, this was a while ago. It's been over a week, so it's not really fresh in the mind. But, yeah, they came back in the game. I think Rodriguez scored late in the the third, and then they scored another one, too. And then who else but Jeff Skinner to win it in overtime. So that was definitely a fun game, Uh, more towards the end, of course, because they came back. But if they lost to the Kings that game, that'd be six losses in a row fresh out of that losing streak. But then I think we said it last last week. You had to win that game, and you had to beat Arizona, Mm -hmm. and they did just that. Yep. They beat the Coyotes. I couldn't watch the first period of that game because I had work. But that was the best period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Casey Middlestack comes out just seconds into the game. Nice goal. Finally gets on the board. Fifth that's good. of the year. Fifth of the year. It was just a a snipe. Mm-hmm. Classic Casey Middlestack goal. Yeah, most of his. I feel like all of his goals have been snipes like that. The Ottawa season. one. Then there was. Ottawa. Who else he scored? There was a comeback one. Pittsburgh. 
He mm-hmm. tied the game against Pittsburgh. Yes. That was a snipe. This one against Arizona. I think he scored against Montreal. That may have been one as well. I don't remember. Probably. But yeah, he can he can shoot the puck. It's just we're uh He's not on any of the power plays, is he? I don't think so. He's. I think he might be on it occasionally. We are doing ourselves a great disservice by not having him on one of the points. I think he... I, I forget. I think Jared wrote an article over the summer about how you won't have to use Eichel on the off wing on the power play, mainly because of Casey Middlestat. So definitely go check right, that out. Right, right. will have to do some digging for that. Maybe we'll tweet out the link. But, but yeah, I mean, Middlestat, the points aren't there right now. No. But I, I say this all the time. That doesn't mean next year he's not going to get 60, 70 points. Right. I mean, right. He's a rookie. He's still trying to get his feet wet in the NHL. So There's no concern. I'm, I have zero oh, concerns about Casey Middlestad's production. I just I don't care. He's trying to build his defensive game, too. Mm-hmm. And he's probably playing out of position right now. I mean, second-line minutes. He is he's playing some tough matchups. I don't think... That's probably not the best for him, but... Getting some real on-the-job training, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's being thrown right into it, and he's, he's, he's learning on the fly. And, of course, they won this game 3-1. to one. Jeff Skinner scores his 22nd of the season in this game as well from who else but Eichel and Reinhardt, mm-hmm. the only line that's been producing. But they did get some secondary scoring out in this game. Middlestat scores, Rodriguez scores in the third period that sealed the deal. This was a fun game to watch. Evan this, was, Rodriguez. They, this was a complete game, Evan, from top to bottom. Evan Rodriguez is really good at creating his own offense. Like he he has a breakaway almost every game. It seems yes. like he's just really good at game past the defense. Um, he had another one the other night too against uh, Florida, I believe, or it might have been the LA game. Well, he did have a nice chance against Florida. It would have made the game, I want to say, three to one. Yeah, he would have scored the third goal. They lost well, it's five or six to two in that game. But five to two, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he would have scored to give him like a two or three goal lead, and then that probably seals the deal right there. Does Florida I, even come back if they're down by two or three goals, whatever it would have been? And I don't know who tweeted this on the TCB account, but they said that, and this I agree with this. It's it's no big deal that you lose to Florida. Florida is a good team that is underachieving, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and. They had just beaten Toronto in overtime. The Jets just lost to the Kings 4-1. It is no big deal to lose to the Panthers, okay? They have a number. You'd like to beat them, They okay? never beat the Panthers. No. I, it seems like they just can't beat them. But it's no big deal. It's not worth getting up in a sweat over. The Washington game is going to be fun. That's nationally televised on NBC Sports Network. I hope it's not a simulcast. Is it just because I feel like Washington? They no, they it's have, just oh, I like, kind of like the Flyers with uh, Joe Beninetti mm-hmm. or whatever is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like his. I like when he commentates the games. Yeah, it it's probably going to be a simulcast then. Yeah, because they they do it with the Flyers, they do it with the Sharks, they yeah. do it with uh, I think do the Blackhawks. Yeah, probably. But I hope the Blackhawks aren't on national TV at all next year. They're they're still on all the time. It is a shame that they are in the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. And Corey Crawford's. Oh, there are people probably saying the same thing about the Sabres last year. So. Right. That's well, even we were. Yeah. But who Cam Ward is going to be the starter probably for them, unless or whoever, Colin Delia. Yeah. Whoever, yeah. Colin whoever Delia. Their backup. Colin is, Delia. Uh, I don't. That team. I mean, that's a story for our time. There's a train wreck. They're a train wreck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Sabres then 
Oh, no, I want to touch on Roberto Luongo for a second. Mm. Saber killer, Roberto Luongo. Mm -hmm. They just can't beat Roberto Luongo. Just Mm -hmm. zero chance. He he made so many good saves. Again, that Rodriguez chance where Rodriguez was on the off wing. I think they might have even been shorthanded, too. Don't quote me on that, though. But he's 40 years old, and he is still doing it. And he's got... I, I want to say at least three or three four years left on that contract too, and I I feel like he he, he might can, be able to live that contract. Yeah, out. he could probably finish it out. One of those old backloaded deals mm-hmm. before the second lockout. So I mean, he could retire. He's it's the same thing with the Hosa mm-hmm. situation. Like he's probably making like I don't know less than a million dollars the last few years of this deal. He could probably retire, but mm-hmm. I mean, Florida. They really don't have anything in the pipeline after Luongo. Reimer's been kind of disappointing. They have Sam Montembeau. So yeah, Samuel Montembeau or whatever is, You're right. however you pronounce it. But, yeah, He's to my knowledge, guy. I don't see any potential guys that can come in there and steal a job from him. They brought Reimer in to kind of— I don't know who's in their system. Do they have uh, Hutchinson? Yeah, he's their AHL yeah. guy, but, I mean— But I don't know what prospects they have. I don't— Except Montembeau's for Montembeau's the only— one that comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after the Florida game, you got Washington. No, not even. Before, after the Arizona game, it was uh, Washington. They end up losing this one in a shootout. Again, they came back. They had the lead. Rasmus Dahlin scores. Eichel with another couple goals. That one, that one, uh, comes down the wing, snipes it over the yes. shoulder of Phoenix Copley. Literally no space at all. Jack Eichel is a monster. He's just so so he makes his own space. Talented. What kills me is that Phoenix Copley is is not a good goaltender, and you end up losing. And, the game. He, and you end up losing to him. You know he just he just screams minor leaguer that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ovi ties it up late, just twenty ninth of the season. That's incredible. All of this talk, Ovechkin is not going to break. Gretzky's record. I don't know. Well, okay, he's not. He's, he's the old. Is he now? He's what? 32? Yeah, he's got to be like thirty-three. So somewhere like that. Do you really think he's gonna be averaging forty-eight goals per season until he's thirty-eight? I mean, I mean, nobody does that. He could. If if there's he anybody could, that could, I don't. it's Alex Ovechkin. Th- that's true, but I don't think. And I hate like players. Players in interviews have a habit of saying, "Well, he's probably you know one of the best goalies in the game." Like one of their one of their guys, I don't know if it was a Penguin or uh, or Capital. They go like, you know, he's probably one of the best goal scorers of all time. No, he is the best goal scorer of all time. Like, just say it. I swear, like hockey players don't have a good way with words. If Ovi <laughs> played in Gretzky's era, I mean, he he definitely scores more than Gretzky. I would assume. I mean, I mean, I'd like to see the comparisons. It's like adjusting goals for yeah. inflation to adjusted for today. Era. Yeah, adjust, yeah, error adjusted. Yeah, but Ovi, I, I, if there's anyone that could, it's Alex Ovechkin. I, maybe he goes back to Russia late in his career if things go off the rails in Washington. But he, he seemed. I don't, would he leave Washington? I wonder. Would he ever leave? When for is his deal team? up? Twenty twenty two or? I think it's another one or I think it's like two or three years from now. But he did say that. And this was like a year ago or so. He would consider finishing his career in Russia. Really? And why not? He'd be like a Dotsuk. hero. He he's got his cup. He could get the the but the Russian Medal of Freedom, whatever it is. He's got his cup now. But what else is there to play for? That record. Mm-hmm. 
I if it were me, I would not leave for Russia just because hey, I want to break that record. Like all time leading goal scorer in the NHL. I'm trying to break that. You know though, when he's forty years old or something where it's not Putin reach. Putin is going to throw everything he can at him, give him come play for Putin's SK. still gonna be at power back. Mm-hmm. Oh he five will, yeah, years. Absolutely. From now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah, this game went to a shootout mm-hmm. when it all when it all looked done. Casey Middlestat. Nice, nice goal. Nice goal. Yeah. That. Uh, again, people are like, why is Tage Thompson going second? Blah. I think here's the deal too. Jeff Skinner did not see the ice in overtime. Oh yes, have, this was that. Yet game, you yeah. have Tage Thompson and Casey Middlestead out there together. Those two guys are nowhere near being good enough yet to carry their own weight on a in line overtime. to have yeah. their own line, let alone work together alone on a line with. I think Ristolainen was out there mm-hmm. with them, and second with Skinner. I don't care if he's 0 for 19 in his last 19 shootout attempts. He is Jeff Skinner. He's having a career year against a backup goaltender. You put him out there. Like, we have seen what he can do one-on-one with mm-hmm. goaltenders. I don't care about 0 for 19. You put him out there. He is your your best goal scorer. He's been your best player this season. Put him out mm-hmm. there. I, I don't... Like okay, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, well, I mean, it's debatable, you know. But... I, I don't I don't care about 0 for 19, okay? Put him in there. It's 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 simple as that. He's one of your best players. Don't put Pominville in there, who's the most predictable shootout player of all time. It, I like middle set going in because it's a new move every yeah, time. I didn't like the. You see, I have no really no problem with their decisions here besides Pominville. I would have liked to see Skinner or even Reinhardt instead of Pominville, but. I mean, Eichel, he's been much better in the shootout this yes. year. He, I think he hit the post on this attempt. See, Eichel wasn't that good, but you still go to him in the yeah. shootout. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're going to him first, too. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, Thompson, I have no problem with picking Tage Thompson in the shootout. I know when people hated him earlier in the season, when everyone was trying to get him down to Rochester. I mean, we were advocating this on Rochester, mm-hmm. too, but that's not because we think he's terrible no it's because he, he wasn't didn't have playing. a good start he wasn't playing yeah. that's why i wanted to see him in rochester but anyways yeah i have no problem seeing tage thompson in the shootout he's creative and he has a good shot and he has hands to pull it off like that that goal i think was it was against detroit or montreal i'm not i don't remember he did score against detroit yeah it was that the, the booming slapper mm-hmm. that took oh, lead. i think it, it was a shootout against montreal I, don't quote me on that again but my memory isn't that great. Did today, he but... score in the Detroit shootout though? Because he shot. Yes, he did. It he was, did. Yes, wow, it was. man, mm-hmm. rage he, in the Tage. Yes. So I have no problem seeing Tage Thompson in the shootout and then Casey Middlestead. Like you gotta have Casey in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Have to. Was he two for four this year? I know he he got that winner against Vancouver in the shootout. I, he's got at least two shootout goals this year. He's a stud. And then Ovi, I think he beat. Was it? Oh, I think it was Allmark. Yeah, I think he beat Allmark five hole. Yeah. And there, and then you got Pominville with the game on the line, and then you miss. Allmark so. was outstanding in this game. Allmark and, has been outstanding. Yeah, and I, th- I, I want to touch on this later in the episode, but I think it's time to give Lena some more starts. I think maybe starter Hutton is done. Like I, I'm not saying no, like not the clear cut yeah, starter. I don't think. Carter Hutton should be the clear-cut starting goalie of this team anymore. I think, as everybody was talking about in the offseason, how it should be more of a tandem thing. Mm-hmm. 
give Allmark more starts. He has gone out every night and has been stellar some nights. Like this Washington game, he was really good. The last time he played, he was very good too. And then Hutton wasn't exactly great in that Florida game. He made that last time, but that save on the ice where he got his glove up too. Yes. Yes. Who was that on? Um, it was against Boston. It might have been Donato. Oh, was it Donato or? Uh, I think it was. Who's Donato. number twenty? I don't, I don't remember, but I think it was Donato. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think give Allmark some more starts. So. Yeah, he really he stonewalled Donato all game, though. Mm. Uh, next game, that was Boston. Yes. I cu- I couldn't watch this one. I was very upset. I got I got to watch the first period. It was zero zero. And then Eichel, just the, the Bruin killer that he is, I was going a, off. And then he scored another goal that was just like the the short side goal against Washington. So, how many goals does Eichel have now? When people were oh so concerned about his goal scoring, he's got 13, 14 goals now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stop complaining about Jack Eichel. It's okay. Everything's fine. He's, what, fifth in the league in scoring now? This it was people really are still sleeping on him. It was a really entertaining game. Allmark was phenomenal again. Allmark played that game, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We we're just talking about the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Allmark was sensational. Um, they were in fact thirty-seven to twenty-seven too. Won the game four to two. Right. Yep. Uh, an empty netter. We got two. Uh, really, it was a. It was a. It was good to see. We pulled out the lead. Um, it was tied in the third, and we just had a real good finish. It was nice to see a multi-goal margin win. Mm-hmm. Skinner, I refreshing both with two see. goals. Mm-hmm. Fun to see. I, I mean, it's fun to see your top guys produce. That mm-hmm. was something that you really didn't see much of last year. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, their, their top guys were, were their leading point scorers. I mean, O'Reilly, Eichel. Reinhardt, they all led the team in points last year, basically. And Kane, when he was here, led the team in goals. But they need more secondary scoring. Mm-hmm. You can't have, I think, we're going through all these games, and the only game where they got secondary scoring was the Arizona game. And yep. that's not good enough. You can't have one game out of five where you're getting secondary scoring. I mean, in Washington, Darlene scored. Yeah, but if, I mean, if you count if that. You, if they're getting any production from defense, it's coming from Darlene and Ristolainen. and that's mm-hmm. it. Right. That's it. They, they're not getting anything else. And when Pilot was playing, he was getting some. He's got two assists too. But mm-hmm. they need more. And I don't really expect the Gergensons Larson line to produce points because they contribute just in their defensive play yes. alone and their oh. and their hustle and effort. Let's but. talk before the empty netter, Zemgis Gergensen's block. Yes, the, the shot block. From like five feet away of a wicked slap shot from the blue line. He dove in front of this thing. It could have crushed his larynx. It could have crushed his face again. It could have destroyed his sternum. He got down. He saved the lead potentially with the empty net. And it led back up the ice, and Buffalo scored mm-hmm. and ended the game like that. But Zemgis Gergensen's, quite frankly, risked his life when you think about the big picture, what could have happened to preserve that lead. And that is the second time that line has saved a win this season. Larson had a play like that. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I, I know what I know what you're talking you about. You know the remember, game. I don't remember which game I, exactly, but I, I remember that. Play. Yeah, I don't remember which game it was, but Larson had a play like that. It's a grind line. Mm-hmm. That's what we can call the another grind line. Like and these two had. guys, they were 
beating boys last year. Yep, Everybody, they were the scapegoats. And, and including us. We wanted oh, Gergensen yeah, yeah. Larson waived. We wanted him traded, but I've changed my tune. These two guys, mm-hmm. I want, you know what? I want to see them both back next year. They are certainly NHL players. No matter what happens in their future, they have a place in the league, mm-hmm. I believe. And I forget, I, somebody was talking about this on Twitter. I, I wish I can give them the credit. I don't remember. But uh, Danny Paye, yeah. former first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, contributor, real good in, defensive role player on uh, on the Bruins when they won their mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. Your best depth players are your failed prospects that were picked high. Exactly, you, like Pae. Pae was a first round pick, the, but solid, solid, solid fourth line guy. The points weren't there, but there's a reason he was on that Bruins team for five, six years yeah. because he brought an intangible to that team, and he won a cup with them. I just watched a video. uh, What is the guy's name? Uh, He's a British guy who talks about hockey on YouTube. Um, It's it's a really cool channel. But he does these What Happened To videos, and he did one on Danny Pye this week. Mm -hmm. And it was was really fascinating. He's uh, then that that damn concussion. Yeah. Yeah. I wish the Sabres never traded. I don't understand why they traded him. I really like Danny Pye. They traded him for, like, a third-round pick. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, well. And then more on the... Your best depth players, your failed prospects, mm-hmm. like Trevor Lewis uh, in L.A. And there's another guy right? Uh, who used to be a first-round pick. How about uh, Brett Connolly? Yeah, Brett, Con- <laughs> Brett Connolly. Yeah, yeah. This guy is real. Oh, I'm geez, sorry. I love to see these high draft picks that mm-hmm. kind of just not panning out, finally Tyler Ennis is kind of turning into that. Eight goals. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, well. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, Good man. for you him. Have, you have a vendetta I'm, against I'm him. I'm still bitter about the tank. He tried <laughs> oh, making sure on. Dylan Strom it was all worked franchise out. corner piece here. So I'm just a little bitter. But, yes, I love Tyler Ennis. But, yeah, that's that's a good point, though. The, the best depth players are your bust because those guys, they still have all the talent in the world, and they're still going to create massive mismatches against all the other fourth-liners in the league that aren't as skilled. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, now this Florida game. I couldn't watch the first period because I was at work, and then I get home. No, I couldn't watch the second period. I, was I got to watch the, the tail end of the second period here, so I can't really comment on what happened in the beginning here. But I get home and it's like two to one. Yeah, I think it's two to one. Yeah, it's two to one. Ristolainen had just scored when I got in my car, and I'm like, okay, cool. They're gonna maybe they're gonna beat Florida here. Mm-hmm. Then I get home and then I see Rodriguez. That Rodriguez chance that I referenced earlier. And he gets robbed by Luongo. And I'm like, oh, oh, geez, this ain't good. So then I want to say that Yandel scummed Jeff Skinner right towards the end of the second period. And then he assaulted him. The third period starts, and Yandel's out there and is just getting booed. And that, that feels good. That feels good. You're watching the game, you hear the rain of boos mm-hmm. every single time Yandel touches the puck. And that means I the passion is still there. It. The passion is back. And when they lost this game, you didn't hear anything on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking. Nobody was talking about the game. I wasn't talking about the game because I was furious. I was furious. I wasn't... Mm. The fans... I can't believe they just lost to the Florida Panthers. They just choked. They urinated that game away. I don't know what happened. The fans love the skin man. Yes. And they made it clear by booing Yandel. And then... It's like a villain. He just he rips one from the point, and Barkov tips it in. And I'm like, oh, no way. It just just seems like someone, like, 
throws their hand into your chest and rips your heart out. Like, oh yep. my god, I can't, I couldn't believe it. And then, just like, this is like four minutes, four or five minutes into the game, and then Dadnov scores, and then Frank Vetrano scores. I'm like, what's going on? There, there was, was a penalty, a penalty shot. shot. Yeah, uh, Darlene, he just gets, he tries making a move at the blue line, and then ah, I forget who. Yeah, I think it was Dadnov, right? Yeah, Dadnov strips him of the puck and then goes in on breakaway, and Darlene, instead of just, like, trying to take the puck off, and he dives, he, he seems like... I feel like this has happened before with Darlene. I feel I feel like he might have caused another penalty shot, but anyways. So, yeah, then Dadnov comes in on the penalty shot, and it seems like Hutton's got it, and then it trickles through. And then I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, that's right. Here we go. One of my coworkers sent me a video, and he was sitting like five rows up from the ice, and everyone cheered yeah. when Hutton made the save, and then the red light goes on, like, oh, like what happened? Gut wrenching. Yeah. So, and a lot of people are like, oh, Darlene needs to keep it simple. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's what makes Rasmus Darlene special, and the player that the Sabers drafted, his creativity, his offensive upside you can't they need to let Rasmus Dahlin be Rasmus Dahlin mm-hmm. if that's gonna happen let it happen it's okay every time he makes it's a mistake okay. he's learning yeah he's learning from his mistakes mm-hmm. is he perfect right now no he's not perfect right now but he's still great and he he's... is going to be the best defenseman in the NHL in two three years he is 18 years old yes Pierre, I feel like we should get like a clip of Pierre Maguire saying Rasmus Dahlin's only eighteen years old right. every time right. we reference this. But I mean, just he, think the sky is the limit here. Mm-hmm. He is going to be so good, and you can't stifle Rasmus Dahlin's offensive creativity. You just can't. He's already elite, in my opinion. I think he is. He's bonkers. He's amazing. He's so good. He, as Rasmus, every time Rasmus Dahlin's in an interview, he's like, "Oh, it's amazing!" Like, yeah, that's how you just you describe yourself, Rasmus. You are a beauty, and you are simply amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you don't you don't see other defensemen doing what he does, just shutting down defenders. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want to see him or not defenders. make a move at the blue line and try and create scoring chances. If he's going to turn the puck over, it's okay. I mean, Eric Carlson used to turn the puck over a lot when he was young just breaking into the NHL. He was like a minus tw- he was like a minus 21 year, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So when you have a player like Rasmus Dahlin, that's going to happen. We know, especially at his age. We know he's smart, we know he has a good head on him. You you can't learn in life without making mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You got to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, they they choked this game away. They had the lead. Again, no secondary scoring for the most part. Skinner with his twenty fifth of the season, and Rista Lyon scores too. But we are this was our yeah. first loss after leading after two periods as well. Really, this season I think I we're nine that. one and three now. Mm-hmm. Skinner's at twenty five. What do you think he's gonna finish the season off at? I think he can hit fifty. Really? Yeah, I'm. I, or uh, he's gonna get to fifty, or I think forty seven is where he can really truly get. I to. think forty is. I don't a know. Lock at this point. I don't know why my head goes to forty seven, but I feel like he had a little bit of a drought there he he mm-hmm. hit 20 i forget which game he hit 20 at it was like a two week kind yeah of there was like there. there was like a mm-hmm. week and a half where he wasn't scoring and then all of a sudden he's got 25 goals because mm-hmm. he had the two against boston he's got that one tonight yeah 
And then you had the one against the Kings in overtime. Shall we transition to the Skinner news? Uh, sure, you know, that, that makes sense. Do we want to talk about Berglund, actually, still, or... Yeah, I, I want to talk about Berglund. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we'll, let's... Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, but Berglund was suspended indefinitely. You probably should have started off with the Berglund news, but, yeah, he was suspended indefinitely. I guess he didn't show up to a practice. He had the flu, which... People saying he faked getting sick, I don't buy it. The doctors told Phil Housley, the team doctors told Phil Housley, he he was sick, and they're not just getting, like, they're not. He's not going to tell the doctors like, oh yeah, I'm sick, and then the doctors aren't going. Oh okay, they're going to like check on him, see if he's okay. Mm-hmm. He's, the doctors aren't going to lie to Phil Housley and say he's not sick. So, to the people saying that oh he lied about being sick, I don't buy it at all. So. Uh, and then he didn't travel to the team to Washington. So then that's when the suspension happened. So yeah, that's breach of your contract. You're supposed to travel with the team. I guess he was bitter about uh, being scratched some nights as well. And he should have been scratched because Patrick Berglund has been a complete and utter mess this season for the most part. Again, his only two highlights we played right at the top of the episode there, an empty net goal and a goal in the 8 to, or eight or 9 to 2 throttling of the Ottawa Senators in November. So, yeah, they put him... I, David, oh, I forget who it was. Someone who covers the Blues, I want to say uh, for the Athletic maybe. I'm not sure, but uh, he said there was trade interest in Patrick Berlin. Like, really? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that there was actually trade interest for Berlin, but it was probably like... Edmonton saying, yeah, we'll give you Milan Lucic if you give us Berglund. Like, that's not going to happen. So no. the Sabres, they're just going to terminate Berglund's contract, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, you're done. I'd rather just get the entire contract off of the books and get another player that also has a bad contract that you're going to have to worry about for the next couple of years. What pains me is that I I really wish Berglund worked out. Yes. I, I, I remember us talking about how maybe he's – it's 15, 20, right. and he's, the he can story take the line. pressure off Casey Middlestad, can be your second-line center, but that just wasn't the case. It just didn't work out, and that happens sometimes. He was slow. Mm-hmm. The story was that he's a guaranteed, he's a shoe-in for 15 to 20 goals, and obviously that didn't happen. We have faster guys than him that can play. Evan Rodriguez has as many goals as him already, um, and I think just... He didn't fit into the lineup we were trying to create, obviously. We were trying to be faster. Uh, he was on the power play for a little while, but that formulated yeah. into nothing. It's just, it it's, it pains me because... Uh, I thought it was going to work out for at least it, a year or two. It was a key piece but, of the O'Reilly trade. Now that whole narrative is going to open back up of people saying we lost it. I don't, I hate seeing people talk about this because he was a throw-in in the trade because... If you look at it, what was he was making three eight five and Saboka's making two point something or maybe three. They had to unload salary to take O'Reilly on. They had to. Mm-hmm. The, the the Blues couldn't work O'Reilly in unless they traded two bums that are making a lot of money or one of their higher end players that's making similar money. And they're not they're not going to subtract because the Blues. This was a move that would put them over the edge. Obviously, that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how. The suburban hockey dads try and spin this into 
the Sabres still not being able to sign all of their young talent, even though we just freed up nearly $4 million. $4 million is a lot. And then next year... Oh, my God. We we thought we were going to add just $5 million coming off with Pominville. This is $8 million now that's going to be off... or Almost $9 million is going to be off the books. So, folks, we're going to be able to sign everyone, especially Middlestat... I don't think he's going to command seven million right off the bat. Yeah, I don't. Not like right off he's the, bat. the production. Just the trend isn't there yet. I mean, he's going to be a saber long term, of course, but he's not going to get the the mega deal at first. But I I can't wait to see because you know there's gonna be people on Twitter. You're gonna see on your timeline. They're gonna be saying uh, they're still gonna be come up with ways in which the it's the doomsday scenario for the sabers and they can't afford everybody, but. Mm-hmm. And remember, Matt Molson also comes off the books too. That's forget, true. Forget that he's around, but yeah, Th- he's this done. this is the best case scenario mm-hmm. for the Sabers. This was great. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know what if he's going through anything with mental health or yeah or anything. I'm that not just gonna, scares me. I'm, I'm not, not going gonna... to speculate on that, but it's good that they got the contract off the books. Mm-hmm. I'm not anticipating any grievance filed with the NHL because it was or mutual. Anything. Because like obviously. He didn't want to be here. He didn't show up. No. So, and I guess Darren Dreger said on NBCSN yesterday that uh, he he liked coming to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He didn't hate it here. But there was, uh, I think the Sportsnet guys on Saturday were talking about this. Berglund had a full no trade that expired on July first or the day before, and. The Sabres traded O'Reilly on that day, and Berglund didn't have enough time to submit his updated trade list, mm. where it would have been only like 10 teams that he would have been able to accept a trade to, and clearly Buffalo wouldn't have been on that list. Right. So that's what's speculated, of course. So that kind of ruffled feathers with Berglund. So maybe there's going to be something with the NHLPA there, but like... what? He doesn't want to be here. so he's... Well, that should be a problem with the Blues. Yeah, that, that's us. something with the Blues. That, that's yeah. not a problem with the Sabres. No. And this kind of kicked into my mind. What happens, to if does this trade happen, if Berglund was able to get his no-trade, updated no-trade list in, and he denied a trade to Buffalo? What else is in this trade? What other pieces are issued in and out? I don't know. That's interesting to think about. But... Yeah. Yeah, but Berlin's gone. Three point eight five is off the books. They just cleared up. He's got three more years left on his contract after this year, and it's gone as of in about forty nine minutes. It's eleven eleven right now. So Berglin will be off the books, and this is great. I I I just hope this is also this is a big baller move by Jason Bottrell. Big baller move. That's yes. a big like. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting power for the day. moves. I've been waiting for the day where the Sabers can kind of like I don't, I don't want to say cheat the system, but do something no. like this, like what the Leafs did mm-hmm. with. Uh, oh my God! It's he seems so relevant looking back on it now. David Clarkson. D- yeah, David Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nathan Horton. Nathan Horton. There's another <laughs> uh, guy too. Oh my God! What's his name? He played for the Ducks. Uh, wait. Oh man. There was like a big thing last year. Jeff oh, Finger? No. No. Ah, uh, Joffrey Lupul. Joffrey Lupul. Joffrey yeah, Lupul. Okay, That's yeah. a name I haven't yeah. heard in okay. a grand while. I, I can't believe I said Finger. Remember Jeff him? Finger, yes. Jeff Finger. So I mean, I've been w- Robida. Stefan Robida. Right. See, like I've been waiting for the day where the Sabers can just. Get rid of a guy because I don't like his contract, basically. Yeah. Datsuk? Datsuk. Yeah. 
Yes, so mm-hmm. this is great. And I mean, it's a great day for the Sabres. They just cleared almost $4 million in cap space because a guy didn't show up. This is great. If I can just bring this back to the O'Reilly trade, we before we went on air, we were talking a bit. I really want Sabotka to work out because mm-hmm. he's a good player. I don't know what it is. Why all these guys who are seen as great depth pieces come to Buffalo and they stink the joint up. I really don't have a problem with Sabotka. I don't. He has. I, I shouldn't say stink the joint up because he I, hasn't I mean, made mistakes. He hasn't screwed anything is up. Is anybody scoring though? Nobody no. is really producing. But why so is that? Get, you can't. I have no idea. How do they fix this? I don't understand. At what point do we start to know. think it's coaching? Not Housley. Not Housley. But maybe the guys around Housley. I don't know. <laughs> They're not getting anything out no. of anybody exactly. besides Skinner, Eichel, O'Reilly, Darlene, Ristolainen. They're not getting anything. That's what makes me think coaching has to maybe play into that a bit. Because why can nine of the 12 guys in the lineup not do anything on offense? I, I it, it goes further than the players. Okay? I don't think anybody can answer this question. We know the players can play. We know if you let the reins off of them, they can they can go at it. I just don't know why once everybody comes here, they slow down so tremendously. Uh, yeah. Saboka was never really a point producer, though, so I think people got to temper their expectations there, but he's supposed to be a third, fourth-line guy. Well, more a fourth-line guy. He's been playing a third-line role here. but I mean, he brings speed to the lineup, to the yeah. third line, to the bottom six. That's written jam. That oh god, <laughs> I was I was. That's what I was gonna tweet. This I already did a, a all I want for Christmas tweet, but I was gonna say all I want for Christmas is grit and jam. Ted Nolan. Ted Nolan. Uh, I'd love to get Ted Nolan in my stocking. <laughs> um, but I mean, last year I was beating myself over the head saying, "Please get some more speed on this team, get some more skill." And Saboka brought that, so I I shouldn't even be complaining because he's. A guy that can play, and mm-hmm. that's all I really cared about in the end. Yeah, but Berglund's gone. Mm-hmm. Molson's going to be off the books. That's, oh my god. Meanwhile, Berglund is like the antithesis of Sabotka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm going to get a calculator out here. Ooh, okay. Calculate how much cap space they're going to have. Mm, okay. Well, I can I go into the Skinner thing? Yeah, I really want to touch on this. Okay, so Darren Dreger, boy, you thought Nylander was a Dreger bomb. Eat this. Leafs fans. Dreger says on the intermission of Wednesday Night Hockey yesterday, the Sabres and Jeff Skinner have a mutual interest in re-signing for next season. So he and said, beyond. and beyond. Talks are expected to begin uh, in mid-January. Then on NHL overtime, he said possibly early January as well. So within the coming weeks, that would be uh, music to Sabres fans' ears. At this point, uh, you know, people might be saying, oh, it's it's only because he's playing with Eichel and whatnot. Well, sometimes a guy needs to play with one of the best players in the game to realize his... at least his, a good center. Right, I mean, to realize his full potential. He has a good center for his whole entire career. Listen, it still takes an elite hockey player to do what Jeff Skinner is doing right now. And if he needed a franchise centerman to help him realize that potential then I'm all for it because Eichel's going to be here a long while. Skinner is still a very young man. Um, so things are cooking. It's all on the burner. We It's seven years, though, that we can sign him to, right? We, we, mm. we can't give him the eight-year deal? I think they can give him eight after the trade deadline. Okay. 
but eight is a very long time. So. so the sides we'll be talking soon. This is wonderful to hear. Skinner's going to be back. They're definitely going to be able to keep him because mm-hmm. I just did the math. They're going to have over $26 million in cap space this offseason. Yes. To sign, and they still got to sign RFAs, of course. So they got to sign Skinner. Pominville's up, but he if they decide to keep him, he's not. He's going to be taking a massive pay cut from his $5.6 million. Right. Gergensen's and Larson are restricted free agents, as are Remy Ellie and Evan Rodriguez. Nathan Beaulieu is a RFA. Do they do they bring him back? He's probably going to take a pay cut, I would assume. And Linus Allmark and Jake McCabe also needing new contracts. Berglund's off the books now. Molson's three point nine eight million that are buried in Rocha in uh, Ontario in the AHL mm-hmm. are going to be off the books too. Uh, so there's there's a lot of cap space mm-hmm. that the Sabers have this off season. So. Get ready. I think it, it's going to happen. They're going to sign Skinner unless he's asking for just way, way, way too much to the point where they just have to walk away. And remember, Matt Tennyson's off the books as well. It's $650,000. So, hey, that's something. Goodbye. That's another defenseman. That's another seventh defenseman to replace him right there. That's that's $650,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Matt Tennyson. What mm-hmm. do I wonder imagine the pure and utter drama on Sabres Twitter if, like, Matt Tennyson gets re-signed. Could you imagine the outrage if they... It just You see this tweet from the Buffalo Sabres. You get a notification. Oh, I wonder what happened. Sabres PR. New Sabres PR just tweeted for the first time in a while. The Sabres have extended Matt Tennyson to a two-year contract extension worth... Six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Imagine yeah. the pure outrage. I don't even. Want, I don't even want to think about it. I don't know if I got the chance to say this on the last show, but last season I had mild interest in the team. Quite frankly, I did not want to watch a losing hockey team instead of playing my NHL eighteen franchise where I had a winning Sabres team. Okay, so I'll admit that I did watch some games, but other times it was just. Why make my life misery? I had never really seen or studied Matt Tennyson's game until the games that he played this season. And against Florida, he was minus three in six minutes of ice time. Yeah. How? And my God, I have never seen a worse hockey player. I can think of compliments for Andrew Peters' game. Okay, at least Andrew Peters had a pretty good shot, okay? At least he served a purpose to his team. We talk about, of course, warm bodies is a common phrase of late around these parts. Matt Tennyson is a cold body. Matt Tennyson, yeah, he may as well be a a stiff. Yes. Okay? (laughs) He is just, he did not make a single good decision from what I watch. It was turnover after turnover. You could make an argument that he was at fault for all three goals that he was on the ice for. I think you could. Well. At least one of them off the top of my head was a oh, giveaway. Wait, was it, against, it wasn't against Florida. No, it wasn't. Goodness. It was uh, uh, Washington, right? I think it was Washington. Yes, because yes. that was the game Bolu got hurt yeah. his partner. Yeah, yeah poor Bolu played with, oh man. Got scummed by Tom Wilson yeah. against the boards. But Matt Tennyson is awful. Yes. 
And he had that, three assists against in in uh, Rochester yesterday too. So I'm sure Phil Housley's giddy to, to oh bring him God. back up ASAP. But yeah, Matt Tennyson never return, never mm-hmm. come back. Go right. play in the KHL next year. No. You know who Goodbye. hasn't been terrible is uh, Matt Hunwick. He has not been bad. He I really he, haven't noticed him much. Of course, he he stole the great number forty eight, made famous by Will Carrier, Will Carrier Sabres yes. legend, and. I, I think he, he didn't look bad. He looked like a solid pro. He was better than Tennyson. That's mm-hmm. all I can ask for. He's not Tennyson. Thank the Lord. What do you think of Brennan Gooley's play? Did you able Were you able to see him? I really haven't noticed much, honestly. Like, I haven't been able to... I didn't get to catch the full games that Hunwick and Tennyson... Uh, Hun, not Tennyson. Hunwick and Gooley have been in for. Of course, uh, Matt Tennyson was just so bad, they had to bring up Brendan Gooley. So, to be honest with you, the only good thing, or not, not the only noticeable thing about Gooley's game was the bad things. Really? And that's what scared me. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do anything spectacular. I mean, he didn't get a lot of ice time, but still, if you're making mistakes uh, in that limited ice time, then it's noticeable. And to my knowledge, at least, the Sabres are going to get some defensemen back for the Washington game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the line combinations here. But I know Pilot and McCabe are expected to uh, return. And also, mm-hmm. during practice today, Connor Sherry skated off the ice mm. slowly. So, oh, And Alex Nylander didn't play yesterday in Rochester. And they, the only extra forward that's up right now is Remy Alley. So if Jason Pominville isn't ready to go, that's not good. You're going to have to call somebody up. So if Nylander, again, Nylander is the first guy that should be called Do we know why Nylander wasn't practicing? Oh, I think minor injury, I want to say. And Pilot was practicing with the power play units. He's probably going to play. But here are the lines. I just found them. Uh, Again, first line, Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, and then you got Sherry, Sabotka, Rodriguez. Mm. But... I don't, uh, maybe Ellie slides into that line. Oh. Sherry can't go. Look at that third line. Ooh, and then got Gergensen's middle stat and Oposo. I kind of like that. I like to get pushing up. That's good. Mm-hmm. Pushing Gergensen's up the lineup. And you got, oh, actually, Ellie's playing because Pominville can't go. He didn't practice today. And against Florida, Pominville came off the bench versus the line and didn't see him. And then they collided. Pominville was really. He was really woozy. He could barely even stand. He had to get help back to the bench. Couldn't even get there on his own power. So it's Remy Alley, Johan Larson, and Tage Thompson on the fourth line. That's a so, strong fourth line. I'd like to see Alley get another chance. I mean, he's a hard worker. He's a big fast, kid. So I, I hope he gets some games here. But Sherry goes down, maybe got to call somebody up. And if Nylander is ready to go, I would. he'd be my guy. But if not... Have C.J. We, Smith. Have we had to call up a forward? No. No. It's not at all. I don't think so. Yeah, it'd probably be. I mean, Justin Bailey has played a lot better lately. He's got like 13 points in his last 15 games or so. So that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to see C.J. Smith or even Danny O'Regan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ellie's going to probably get in the lineup tomorrow. I still think Bailey might be the first option. Really? Yeah, I want to see CJ. For some reason, I feel, it's just the hesitance to call up CJ Smith. Just it it doesn't it, make sense. It gives me bad vibes. Really? Yeah, as as in how they view him. That's all. I feel like they view him pretty highly. I think that 
he got hurt like late last season. Couldn't like when he should have been called up. They like giving guys looks late in the season in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think he would have been given a chance if he deserves a chance without a question. But I think just Alex Nylander, he needs to be given a chance. You just have to like see what this guy can do in the NHL. Why not? This is just a question. Um, what's the deal with uh, Jack Doherty? What's he been up to? I think he was hurt a little bit. I haven't been able to watch <laughs> Rochester, really. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I mean, I just... Pilot got called up, and I'm like, you know what? Do I watch the game? Eh, Nylander's hurt tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, mean, I need some motivation to watch those Rochester That's, Amherst sometimes. Like, see, I don't want to put $10 a month into HLTV when, like, who am I going to be watching other yeah. than Nylander, Borgen, mm-hmm. And Nathan Pace was playing forward yesterday, too. Was he? Yes, because Nylander couldn't play. Man, that's life in the AHL, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's funny. Defense pairs, Pilot back with Ristolainen, Darlene, and Bogosian. And also, Zach Bogosian has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the third row for that L.A. game. Seeing Bogosian skate that close up, that man is a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. He... Can he can skate so well? Like mm-hmm. people, nobody notices how good of a skater Bogosian is, mm-hmm. mainly because he's probably just hurt all the time and can't do it because they're always low, lower body injuries. But I, he's becoming one of my favorite players this year. Honestly. I am so happy he's healthy. Yes, because he's a really good player. Knocking yeah. on wood, but he, I wonder what this man could have become if he was just healthy. Mm-hmm. And I was watching 2008 draft film mm-hmm. the other day, and Dean Lombardi was talking about the decision between Drew Doughty and Zach Bogosian. He's like, couldn't go wrong with either one. And I'm mm-hmm. like, holy. Could you imagine what changes if the Kings draft Bogosian instead of Doughty? Does, be- does Bogosian become a franchise cornerstone defenseman if he's in a situation like L.A. for the Thrashers? What it, what does Dowdy become? Is D- Drew Dowdy a Buffalo Saber right now? If if he goes third oh, overall, yeah. imagine how history changes. Of course, Dowdy probably doesn't get banged up every single year he's in the league. But it, I wonder what happens if Bogosian is an LA King instead of an Atlanta Thrasher. The world may never know. Well, Dowdy is a would be a Winnipeg Jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or. Traded to Buffalo in the that's Vander right Kane trade. Who that's knows? true. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's we're just that's some revisionist. That's history. that's hard, that, that that's hardcore revisionist history. We just that's like four D revisionist yeah. history. Uh, <laughs> and then the third pair, it's Marco Scandella, who just needs to get off the ice, and uh, Jake McCabe returning. I don't get all the flack for Scandella. He's been awful. He <laughs> Marco Scandella it's has not... been a train wreck this year. He's been. You know probably, what bothers me? Outside of Matt Tennyson, Marco Scandella has been the worst defenseman. Nobody can tie anybody up. And that is coaching. Because you can't be a defenseman and just not know to tie guys up in front. That has to be coaching. Hockey sense. Hockey sense, yeah, yeah. true. Well, yeah, true. But I think if you're in the NHL, you know to. Yeah, you, know, you should. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then extra defensemen. They have three extra defensemen right now. It'll be four when Casey, whenever Casey Nelson gets back. But they got Brennan Gooley still up, Matt Hunwick, and Nathan Beaulieu is also working in. So they have two, four, six, eight, nine defensemen up. You have ten defensemen mm-hmm. with Casey Nelson, who is on the injured reserve right now. 
So I'm assuming if this Sherry injury is somewhat serious, they're going to have to bring somebody up from Rochester. And also, Scott Wilson is on the trip. He's on the mom's trip. Yes. So if he comes, they're going to have to, somebody, something's going to have to be done here. What happens? Because the guys that aren't playing right now that are hurt, uh, Gooley is going to get sent back. I can assure you of that. But you got Nelson. They wave him. Does Hunwick stick around? Who Who's the odd man out between those two? Bowl U. Does he come back in the lineup? Uh, does Remy L, if they decide to keep two extra defensemen, do, do they prefer Remy L or Scott Wilson? Which one of them do they wave? I think you wave Ellie. Yeah? Yeah. I think they probably would wave Ellie, but... Because Wilson's an established NHL guy, I think. And they um, traded for Wilson, And they traded too. for him, yeah. They gave up an asset, so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would assume if they wave Ellie that Dallas will just claim him back. It's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, he was a waiver claim. Like, right. If they lose him, it's not the end of the world. Right. He only played a handful of games here anyways. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, is that... That's all we got. I mean, we pretty much yeah, we pretty touched, much touched on everything. everything. We'll get to the Twitter questions now. Uh, I'll try and find it, though, because we did a few tweets yesterday. Yeah. Well, this allows me to discuss my point of emphasis on the board, the most important topic we'll discuss today, the emergence of NHL pups. Okay? <laughs> it started with Ranger in New York. Little little yellow lab. Now there is Barkley in St. Louis. I don't know where the name came from, but he is officially verified on Instagram. So that's big news. I think my heart has been stolen by Barkley from, from Ranger. And now there's a video of Barkley playing with Doc Emmerich. And it's just the cutest thing. So you think the Sabres should get a team dog? I absolutely do. And you know what? It's great for a team like the Blues because they need a therapy dog for how, <laughs> for how their season is going. I that's a, I don't even think Barkley is like a security dog or whatnot. It, 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 just, it, it just plays dog. with the players. <laughs> but um, no, why not have, have one around? There's the canines that are the security ones. They have Instagram at the arena. But uh, yeah, come on, Sabres. Adopt, adopt a pup. What kind of pup? I, I had set a black lab. I think that would be wonderful. Was, they could be big boys. You know, they could really grow big. Um, Sabres, give Sabretooth a pal. I want to see a nice little golden doodle. Oh, golden, golden doodle. Golden doodle, yeah. why not? Mm-hmm. Or a golden retriever puppy. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Could you imagine? Name it Henry. Yes. Or Knox. 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 Mm. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. All right. We need royalties on that, Sabres. If, yes. If you're listening here. Uh, okay, now the Twitter questions. Uh, first one comes from friend of the show, Ike Daddy. Absolutely. Is a hot dog a sandwich? You know, we, we typically like to stick to Sabres or hockey questions here, but Ike Daddy has shown his <clears throat> consistent support of the podcast, so we're going to answer his question here. So, what do you... We we actually discussed this yesterday. Yes, when we were a at preliminary Duff's discussion. Wings is a hot dog a sandwich? And as somebody that works in the hot dog industry, uh, a hot dog is a sandwich. Okay, it is. Bring it out right now. Bring it out right now. You are indeed a a a, a 
renaissance man when it comes to hot dogs. Bring it out right now, the teddy book. Oh, bring it out. You are correct. Yes. I have a teddy book that I was given because I'm trash and switched my order at the last second and made these workers look bad and I apologize. Okay. So at Ted's Hot Dogs, if you're not familiar, if we if we mess up your order, you get a dollar off coupon for any sandwich. Right. Any sandwich. It looks like a dollar. It's got Mr. Ted on it. Mm-hmm. And it says, dollar off any sandwich. Excludes veggie dogs and kitty dogs. Mm-hmm. And limit is one coupon per sandwich. You can use these on hot dogs. So, according to Ted's Hot Dogs, a hot dog is, in fact, a sandwich, Ike Daddy. So Now, I know Ted's is deemed the authority of hot dogs it, they in are the region. They are the authority of hot dogs. However, yes. a sandwich... Is it's it's a very specific food, okay? The uh, you get some white bread, okay? It's sandwich bread. I'm sure somewhere on on the packaging it says sandwich, mm-hmm. somewhere. If you get Costanzo's rolls, they're sandwich rolls, okay? Uh, if you get and they they all you know they fold from the top or whatnot from the side, uh, and they're all rounded, of course. A cheeseburger is a sandwich. Okay, um, it, it goes on a sandwich roll, right? Chicken can be a sandwich, okay? Yes. A hot dog cannot fit on a, a traditional sandwich roll, okay? It, it does not go on a sandwich roll. It is a hot dog roll. No one has ever called it a, sa- a, 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 a sandwich roll, okay? It is, hey... Can you pass me the hot dog rolls? <laughs> a hot dog is not a sandwich. It is a hot dog. I don't know. I, I see both sides is here. So, is, is sausage a sandwich? <laughs> it could be. If, if a hot dog is a sandwich. If it's a patty. Yes. You know? But, I mean, if it's a patty, it's definitely a sandwich. But if, you but have if it's in a link, it's the same as a hot dog, basically. Right. And that's not a sandwich. But... You know, the hot dog roll, they're connected. They're two pieces of bread connected. What happens when the seal is broken? When the se- is that Does that make it a sandwich? Well, if you... Here's what you could do. A hot dog roll can double as, like, a miniature sandwich roll, even. Or a sub yes. roll. You know? It, you, could, you could still spread some ham, some salami, whatever you want on there. And you could turn it into a, a sandwich roll. But... It's a mini at sandwich At its inception... Roll. Yes. It's 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 natural purpose, like I learned in philosophy for uh, the the nature of whatever uh, I forget who came up with that philosophy. A hot dog roll's natural purpose is to fit a, a it is stay together and fit a hot dog. And that I hope I said hot dog roll, not sandwich roll, but it it can only be a sandwich roll if it's repurposed. To serve another role, a hot dog is not. A that was a nice discussion about. It was a philosophical there. yes discussion of hot dogs. Okay, now back to back to hockey. Uh, that was a thank. Thanks for the question, Mike, Daddy. We appreciate your support. Uh, this one comes from Bill. Is there any possible way, given the cap crunch and nearly immovable contracts, to shake up the bottom the bottom nine to get more scoring depth? Jeez, mm. I don't know. The thing is, like. Who's coming out of that lineup? Who's coming out? Yeah. 
without an injury, what are you gonna do? I I see like are you gonna wave Evan Rodriguez? That's not gonna happen. Everybody... They're not gonna move on from Larson or Gergensons. Sabotka is probably not going anywhere. I would assume. Uh, I think you're stuck. You can't move Oposo. I mean, what are you gonna do? They can't do. They can't shake anything up without an injury. Scott Wilson, we can afford to sit him on the side. Everybody that's in the lineup at the moment has played their way into the lineup. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that's been, as forward-wise, that has been so terribly detrimental to the team or lacking effort. I think Ely is the guy who's he's sat on the sides already. Wilson's proven more to us, in, not only in his time in the NHL, but with the Sabres as well. Um, we know he's a physical guy. Uh, we know he can score when called upon. I think Ely, he's already been waived once. All signs point to Wilson being the extra forward and Ely just being sent down. And Pominville, he's going to play. They're not going to yeah, no. sit him unless, no. when he's healthy at least. But, yeah, I think they're stuck with what they've got. I don't think the guys that you would want to move out, like Oposo, mm-hmm. who has just not done anything lately. I remember us seeing the praises about him a while ago. But there, after that, there was just no nothing from him. I mean, I do think he's a fine player. Mm-hmm. He's playing out of position still. He should be on the third line. But, I mean, bad contract, decent player. Good mm-hmm. player, I would even say. And during the 10-game streak, all those guys were scoring. Yeah, they were getting mm-hmm. some secondary scoring yeah. here and there. But that's just non-existent now. Uh, thanks for that question. Uh, next one comes from John. How should the Sabres balance addressing their immediate need? Uh, for short ter- for short term p- improvement versus long term success, so basically what he's saying is how do they add to this team without mortgaging your future? Uh, and also Jason Bottrell said that they're not going to move those first round picks unless it's for a young player. They're mm-hmm. not going to trade for try and think of a rental. They're not going to trade a, a first, or... first round pick for Kevin Hayes, mm-hmm. but. I would like to see them at a rental. I mean, it depends on the player, but those are the guys that are mostly available rentals, like Kevin Hayes. And I think Kevin Hayes would be a good addition to this team. I think if he's having a remarkable season, I think it's going to cost you a lot to get him, but definitely not one of the first-round picks. Like, I mean, if they're asking for, like, a Brendan Gooley, I'm probably weary to give Gooley up for a rental. What do you think about a mid-tier guy like Smith? Maybe trading C.J. Smith. It's going to cost more. I, I would give up Smith for Kevin Hayes, but mm-hmm. it's going to cost you another even like more than pretty that. high, decently high-end prospect. Maybe like a mm-hmm. Rasmus Asplund or mm-hmm. even a Gooley. Like, you're going to have to give up something to get something, and Hayes is going to be one of the more coveted pieces at the deadline. So mm-hmm. I don't even know. If... Would a second-round pick be enough, do you think? It would have to be, I would say, probably a combination of a high-ish draft pick, a decent prospect, and a player. Because mm-hmm. the Sabres would have to unload a player if you're bringing in somebody else. Cause as we just discussed, who's mm-hmm. sitting down in this lineup right now. Right. And you know what? Someone in the lineup you can give up to. Because it's not like we can't improve on the current lineup. Mm-hmm. So it could be a guy, a mainstay in the lineup, too, mm-hmm. that you move. Uh, next one comes from Rhett. Uh, with Berglund gone... Do you guys see Nylander finally getting a call-up and a chance to make his way into the lineup, possibly even long-term? I think when it's all said and done this year, Nylander will be on this team. Mm-hmm. He will be in the lineup. But now, just uh, unless 
like Pominville, Sherry, these guys are can't play. I think Nylander is just gonna have to wait his turn. I mean, he's gonna have to wait for a chance to be called up because they're like we just said again. Uh, they're not gonna just. They can't sit anybody down now. I just don't think that's gonna happen. I I could see Sabotka maybe mm-hmm. getting sat down, but that's a center. I mean, you need you need uh they need centers right now, and immediately right now they really don't have any centers that can come up besides Danny O'Regan. But is Danny O'Regan gonna really do anything differently that Sabotka is gonna? I mean, like O'Regan's not gonna produce up here either. I mean, no, oh, it's tough. I just feel like. Unless there's a huge swath of injuries, it's going to be the same guys rotating in and out of the lineup. Uh, maybe for the playoff push, if we if we make it, um, you see us bring up some guys from there to uh, maybe get us a little boost if the Amherst don't make it. Did especially. say, uh, I think it was on uh, one of the athletic podcasts. He was a guest on that. Go definitely go check it out. Uh, that by the end of the season, he'd like to bring up some of the guys from Rochester. Like, maybe instead of going out and trading for a rental, you bring up Nylander, or you bring up C.J. Smith, mm-hmm. or you bring up Gooley if he gets his act together again. But Victor Olofsson. Victor Olofsson, who mm-hmm. just scored two goals yesterday. Yeah. He was really quiet for a while. But, but we've seen it in recent years with... Granted, it's mostly guys coming out of college to join the team midseason, like Charlie McAvoy started in his first games in the playoffs. Um Logan, uh, Colin White, or who is it from from Ottawa? I think it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he came up. I think he made his debut in the playoffs. Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, Ryan Donato last year joined the team midseason. Ellie Tolvanen, that's a good point. Um, but Cal McCarr is going to be a similar situation towards the end here right. with Colorado. Right. But uh, it, it, it does happen, and I think, you know, just for if you're looking for a little boost down the line for something different in your lineup, uh, go to the young guys, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, someone Ben brings up. Do you guys still think Oposo is good? Guy hasn't scored in forever. I mean, who had nobody's scoring? Yeah. So. Yeah, he's good. He's fine. Um, I, his contract is bad, but I, I, I think he's fine. I, I really don't. Considering that nobody is scoring right now, I really don't have a problem with Kyle. Oposo. All I want out of Oposo for now on is consistent forty points every season. Like, just give me that for where he's playing. Make up for your losses with whatever points you can get. Uh, this is a good one. This one comes from Connor. Mm-hmm. Biggest bust in the Saber in a Sabres draft since 2010. Mm. Well, let me think of who we drafted since mm. then. You had t- 2010. That was Pesic, right. I think. Yeah, I think 2010 was Pesic. You got Armia in 2011. Oh. 2012, you got Gergensons and Grigorenko. 2013, you have Ristolainen and Zadorov. And then you got a lot of second-round picks that year, too, like Connor Hurley, uh, Comfer, and Justin Bailey. 2014, you got Reinhardt, 15, Zeichel, 16, Nylander, 17, Middlestat, 2018, Dalian. No doubt is Mikhail Grigorenko. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Grigorenko came in out of the draft with a lot of promise, came into the season as a consensus top-five pick, mm-hmm. and then just never amounted to anything, so... I saw that he wants to come back to the NHL someday, so probably won't be in Buffalo, but he's he's been pretty good in the KHL. It so. happens, you know, Valerie Nishushkin, Sabotka came back. Yeah, the Sabres mm-hmm. don't have his rights anymore, neither do the Avalanche, so he would be an unrestricted free agent. 
So I wonder. Again, he's not fast. He's not a fast player. So yeah, what wonder, was he known for? Because again, I wasn't following. I don't even. Rem- I don't honestly don't even remember what Grigorenko was known for because like I really started really focusing. I, I started like actually watching the prospects in 2013. Mm-hmm. So Grigorenko. Jeez, how the times have changed. Yep, Grigorenko was supposed to be the franchise savior. Was he <laughs> on the uh, Russian Olympic team this year? He was. Okay. Yeah, he won uh, Olympic gold with the Olympic athletes from Russia last mm-hmm. year. Putin's uh, propaganda machine. Okay, last one. <laughs> last one here comes from Dom. What do you see the Sabres doing with the $3.85 million they save on the cap with Berglund? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they just stand pat. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be able to add a rental or somebody at the deadline with that cap space. That also means you don't have to trade a guy out because you'd be able to fit because they, they had no cap space, basically, this season. And now, like, 3.85, you can actually fit a player under your cap with that money. So, yeah, they can add a guy. They can use it. You can save the money to re-sign your guys. So, yeah, that's that's a good decision by Jason Bottrell to... Get that contract off the books. So I think in, times. in the end, it goes towards signing your guys. I think that's that's the the end the uh, end game to it all. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, I can just on free agency. Imagine the guys that we can attract to this team now if we make the playoffs. Um, just who who would want to come here? Uh, my mind goes guys to guys like, are going to want to come here now because they see mm-hmm. what Jeff Skinner is doing. Yeah, and he's like, hey. I can play with Jack Eichel and put up 40 goals. Yeah. Artemi Panarin. Uh, I mean, the, oh, Panarin's man. not going to come no. here, but, and oh, they, yeah. nor can they afford him. No. But, but like, I know, uh, like, Van Riemsdyk, a guy like him, he went back to, to Philly, you know, after they came out to play off here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I mean, like a high-end free agent like that that maybe we could possibly attract, um, that's what makes me most excited for the future. I'm excited for the I'm, – I'm actually excited for the offseason. I could say that uh, – as well as what's to come. They need to make smart signings. Absolutely. And I'm in the process of writing a piece on Jason Bottrell's uh, tenure as Sabres GM. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of mistakes. No. Not a lot of mistakes. You can argue his biggest mistake is probably just protecting Robin Leonard in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. Or protecting Robin Leonard and Tyler Ennis. Because there was a way for him to keep Will Carrier and Linus Allmark. I mean, was Vegas going to take Robin Leonard? Were they really going to take Robin Leonard? No. Fleur, and back then, I really thought it was ridiculous to even think, oh, you got to protect Leonard. Because it was, in the back of my mind, they got the first-round pick for this guy. He needs to pan out. Mm-hmm. So, But looking back, there was no way they were going to take Leonard. You could have protected Allmark, and then you could, instead of protecting Tyler Ennis, who was just damaged goods at that time, you could have protected Carrier. But, I mean, and I said this in the piece that I'm writing right now, Carrier's a fourth-line guy. You can find guys like Remy Ellie. I mean, they found a guy like him on waivers, so mm-hmm. obviously I'd prefer Carrier over Ellie, but I, I think I what we need to start doing in free agency, too, is signing depth guys and not just going after the big fish as well. Like, when we haven't made a good, a real good depth signing in a really long time, the third, fourth line guy. They, they didn't really sign anybody this year. I think they, yeah, it didn't. was just Wedgwood and Hutton. Mm-hmm. And then, ah, yeah, nobody really. Right. I mean, ten, they, they made a lot of depth signings. Made a lot of trades. Off season. I mean, they got, like, Jacob Josephson, Seth Griffith. Jordan Nolan. Jordan, Jordan Nolan was a waiver claim. Oh, uh, he was? Yeah. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know uh, that. How did I not know that? And then who else? Matt Tennyson, they signed that first offseason, <laughs> yep. that two-year deal for some reason. But, yeah, I'm Adam Wilcox. Too? Yeah, Wilcox, yeah, Wilcox was a mm-hmm. one-year deal at that point, and mm-hmm. now on an AHL deal. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the off-season. I'm excited for what's to come. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good spot to end this episode. Yes. Uh, I w- maybe we'll record next week. I don't know. Pretty busy schedule for yeah. Us it's all next week. Listen, folks. Retail at the holiday season is no joke. Okay, it consumes your life. Mm-hmm. So forgive. Forgive me. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, if we don't, we're probably not going to have another episode before Christmas or even between New Year's and Christmas, so who mm-hmm. knows. But if we don't uh, put one out until then, we hope you have a very happy holidays and uh, happy New Year's. So, we again, we appreciate each and every one of you uh, for listening consistently. So, again, uh, follow us on Twitter, JoeTCBNHL at Luke TCB instead of a U it's a V uh, also the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram as well at the Charging Buff mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll, we'll try and get one out next week but I mean if there's really no news or anything breaking at that point uh, we'll probably just wait until after the new year in mm-hmm. 2019 so yeah again if you enjoyed let us know uh, on Twitter or Instagram we love to hear your feedback and maybe he'll become a friend of the show like Ike Daddy. So yes. we got his name right in front of us right here. We wrote it uh, right in front of our Absolutely. monitor here in the studio. So, again, yes, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.